0: filling but he was in the stern asleep on a cushion and they woke him up and said teacher do you not care that we are perishing and he awoke and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm he said to them why are you so afraid have you still no faith And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Sea of Galilee is notorious for its storms. They literally come out of the blue and they come with shattering and terrifying suddenness suddenly. I had the opportunity of traveling when I had concluded my uh, theological degree to go and travel in Israel a little bit and I had traveled up I was by myself I traveled up to Tiberias from Jerusalem and I wanted to cross over to Engev and so I crossed the Sea of Galilee and all of a sudden uh, the, the boat Calm, 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 and then all of a sudden it just went into, and I mean everybody was hanging on, and we got to engev and we had our uh, uh, Saint Peter's fish and all of that kind of stuff back in 1981. Many, many moons ago. That's how long I've been in the ministry. Many, many moons ago. But but the Sea of Galilee is about 200 meters below sea level. If you continue. Going down, flowing down the Jordan River, you get to the Dead Sea, which is about 600 meters below sea level. Nothing flows out of the Dead Sea, that's why it's dead, because it only receives and it never gives out that's a good lesson for us in our own <laughs> lives if we never give out but this is the, the sea of galilee which is a little bit higher up but so there are plains that surround the the sea of galilee and over the years there have been ravines that have been cut and the sea kind of pulls the cold air down and so all of a sudden boom these storms can arise on the sea of galilee and you know, the, the, the height of a storm could have waves on the Sea of Galilee as big as 10 meters. Now, this passage says in Greek, it was a seismos. It was like an earthquake. The wind and the waves had so enveloped the boat that it was almost overflowing. Water had started to fill the, the boat, but the waves were that big that it was like an earthquake, and you were stuck in these massive waves. This was... A serious storm that was taking place now two things before we carry on about storms Jesus said before this let us go to the other side he had a purpose and he has a purpose for you He has a purpose for your life let us go to the other side you know as we go along life And live life. You're not immune to experiencing storms, you're going to have storms. And know this for a fact, that he loves you, he has a purpose for you, he has plans for you, they are plans that are good, not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. And so as you continue with life you're going to have setbacks you're going to be buffeted and you think that you are going to be perishing but he'll bring you through do i hear amen for that (laughs) you remember joseph one of my favorite old testament characters how joseph was used and abused i mean he was naive enough possibly even silly enough to share the dreams that God had given to him with his brothers and his brothers got really jealous and angry with him and so they <laughs> ganged up against him and they threw him into a pit, they were going to kill him but they threw him into the pit but as they were doing that, here come Ishmaelite slave drivers and they said oh, let's just sell him and get some money for this brother of ours and they sold him and he went off to Egypt and You know, the brothers had just done such horrible things, and he lived in Egypt, and he was lied about by part of his wife, and he was thrown in jail, and he was there for thirteen years. I mean, you know, from a lie. I mean, really, this is God's, this is God's child. I mean, thirteen years in an Egyptian jail. How tough was that? But he was with his good attitude, responded well, you know. But one day, he interpreted. The dreams of pharaoh and was elevated to second in charge of the nation and a little while later his brother stood in front of him and this is what he said at the end of the book of genesis you meant it for evil but he didn't stop there but god meant it for good yes. eh? and that's you need to know You need to know that this is a a God who is in charge, the God who is uh, supreme, who's in charge of your life. He's got a purpose for you. And you're going to experience storms, you're going to experience tough times, but he's got a purpose for doing that in your life. And the disciples were responding in obedience they obediently got into the boat and i mean there is no no excuse when you are obedient you're going to have tough times for a a pastor to say you'll never have tough times when you come to jesus christ he's talking nonsense you're going to have tough times and sometimes you will face fierce storms and you will be in great danger and you will cry out like the disciples did don't you care that we're perishing Your prayers would be so intense. Please, God, may deliverance come. And when it does come, it just makes that deliverance so much easier. Great faith must have great trials. Strength is always born in a storm. Let's go to the other side, said Jesus. Not, let's go into the middle of the lake and drown. Let's go to the other side. So let me share four purposes of a storm. Storms come suddenly. Okay, We have got satellite, uh, we can detect the weather coming. We knew last week that Sunday morning would be rain, that it would start to clear around about 11 o'clock, hello, sun shining, We, we knew that. You know 10 days in advance sometimes two weeks in advance what the weather is but back then we didn't know guys set off on a journey and they didn't know what weather would come but storms come suddenly so I'm talking about an emotional storm a family storm suddenly you're sitting in front of a counselor and the counselor says your your husband or your wife wants a divorce you're sitting in front of a doctor your, your child has got terminal disease I remember 14 years ago, I had taken my daughter three times to the doctor. She had had a bad flu, then it turned into bronchitis, and it was bordering on pneumonia. So on the third occasion, took her back, and with antibiotics, it was fine. Uh, She was checked by the doctor, and the doctor said within a few minutes, she's fine. I said, well, you know, I've paid for half an hour, yeah? I want you just to take a blood test. I haven't had blood tests for a while. Just take some blood tests and do all the necessary stuff. You know, cholesterol, sugar, PSA, and all of that kind of stuff. So, took it. Two days later, she phones me. She says, your blood tests have come back. Uh, everything is fine, except your PSA. And I'm thinking, I have this PSA? <laughs> you know, it's prostate-specific antigen for your prostate so she says you've got a bit of a problem with your prostate now i'm 49 eh? (laughs) at the time i I didn't even know what a prostate did i I just didn't know you know i mean prostate is in men is quite serious you know as breast cancer is to women so prostate cancer is to men so i said okay so what do i do so she said well you're going to have to see a, a urologist and you're going to go through a battery of tests. So I said, okay, send me a couple of names and I'll phone them and I'll get an appointment in the next few weeks. She says, I've already done that and you've seen them in two days' time. And I thought, "Oh, freck, you are come a And we went for the necessary stuff, we went for the biopsy. I did have prostate cancer. So when you're sitting in front of a doctor and he says to you, Richard, you have cancer. You must know that you're in the middle of a storm. Storms come suddenly. Boom. But just to let you know, I'm fine. The doctor said when I was 49, if you didn't have the operation, I would give you 10 years. Now, that's almost 15 years later, so I'm good. I've had (laughs) checkups annually, and uh, I'm fine. So not to worry. You don't have to come to me afterwards. How's your prostate? (laughs) I don't have a prostate. It's gone. (laughs) And I'm clear. (laughs) Storms, number two, are a fact of life. Storms are a fact of life. In John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus said, in this world, in this world, you will have tribulation take heart I've overcome the world in this world you will have tribulation you know if you don't receive that you're going to be up to your neck in seaweed eh? and it's not going to be a pretty sight see it says when not if when you have storms that's not a faithless statement this is an exhortation and an encouragement for you to prepare 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, this is what it says. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. How about James chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3? Count it all joy, brothers. My brothers, look at the next word. When, not if, when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast i don't guarantee that you'll never have your heart broken and most faithful saints will have their share of disappointments it's a fact of life you'll have storms and it doesn't matter how spiritual you are It doesn't matter if you have the ability to see angels, it doesn't matter if you have the ability to glow in the dark. (laughs) You are gonna experience tough times as you work out your destiny and your purpose in God. Bad things happen to good people. Number three, storms will test your quality. It will test the quality of your character. Test the quality of your zeal and your passion and test the quality of your courage. How committed are you? How committed are you to this thing? You don't know until you get into a storm. Are you in it to win? Are you in it for the long journey? And storms will weed that out. Number four, storms are not permanent. It's a fact of nature and it's a fact of life too storms are temporary one of the most repeated phrases in the bible it says and it came to pass and it came to pass you see if you don't realize that then the possibility that you will be defeated by self pity negativity discouragement and doubt remember the disciples said don't you care if we perish but storms are there only for a short season. Sometimes you think it's a bit overwhelming as your marriage goes through difficulty. Your career is topsy turvy. Your children, storms sometimes become so difficult. The mountain is too high, the valley is too low, and you feel even like you're overwhelmed. But know this, they'll pass. The Queen died this past week. Lots and lots of stuff on the news about all the goings-on. Uh, Prince Charles now is in charge and William is next in line. and they, they, they played some shots of the Queen in her younger life. And even before she became Queen, she did a radio broadcast because she was going to, she's the Queen-elect, I mean, she's going to be chosen, queen, next Queen. And she did a radio broadcast to the children, during the war. Now, she didn't know whether the English, the British would win or whether the Nazis would take over. I mean, we're we're here talking in Gordons Bay English today and we don't speak in the Dutch. So, the English won. But she was not aware of the English winning, but she said this in a squeaky uh, teenage voice speaking to the children of of, of Britain, said... um, In the end, all will be well. Huh? That's the truth. In the end, all will be well. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And whatever you experience, whatever storm you need to go through, know for a fact that God will teach you some of his wonderful truths in your life. In the end, all will be well. I was I'm captivated with that statement. <laughs> Just. So storms cause a number of things to take place in us. And the first one is discouragement. We can get so, so discouraged when we go through a storm. Book of Job. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's kind of a, uh, a tough book. But in the book of Job satan wants to have his way and god says have you considered my servant job i want to just tell you it's not good for god to brag about you you know if if you had any intelligence i would say to god don't mention my name (laughs) i I want to fly under the radar here you know (laughs) don't mention my name so in the book of job we see that god says right have you considered my servant job So in chapter 3, verse 1 to 4 of Job, it says, After this, Job opened his mouth. Okay, so now Satan has had his way a little bit and has uh, brought trials and problems on Job. And so Job doesn't like it. Opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, Let the day perish on which I was born and the night that said, A man is conceived. Let the day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. He regretted the day he was born. When you're going through a real difficult time, you know. You're like that. Oh, God. Oh, God. I just want to perish. But don't become so discouraged. There's another prophet in the Old Testament whose name is Elijah. (laughs) And Elijah is... uh, a fascinating character. He just is mightily, mightily used by God. Mightily used by God. He just challenges 450 prophets of Baal. And he calls down fire from heaven. And it consumes the sacrifices. Causes the whole nation to turn around. He prays for rain. They've had rain drought for years. And he prays and God sends rain. And then he runs faster than the chariots of Ahab. I mean... I don't know if all prophets do that, but I mean, Elijah did that. He ran faster than the chariots and the horses of, of Ahab, the king. And then after that, he gets tired. And Jezebel says, she's fed up. 450 of her prophets of Baal have been annihilated. And she says, Elijah, I'm going to get you. This crazy queen. I mean, he's just challenged. 450 priests, prophets of Baal. And now this queen says, I'm going to get you, and he goes into a place of discouragement. And he's sitting under a juniper tree, and he's oh, I'm hungry, I'm tired. Oh, discouraged. The interesting thing here is that he was never able to resume that same ability and power that he had with God after that discouragement don't allow discouragement to take you out don't allow it because it will gobble you up Moses gets the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai got his tablets he comes down the mountain he's glowing (laughs) He's just had such an incredible time with God. And he sees these crazy Israelites dancing around this golden calf. What? What? What apostasy is this? What craziness is this? What? They've turned their hearts on a golden calf. And Moses is so incensed. And he's the only guy He takes those tablets of stones and he throws it and they break. He's the only guy in the whole Bible who broke all ten commandments at the same time. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine Moses at that point? You see, don't allow discouragement, don't allow melancholy to creep into your heart because it will contract and it will wither your heart and it will, it will render you not able to receive His grace, His ongoing grace in your life. It will magnify problems to such a point where you won't even be able to see God. If you've ever taken a little coin and you've put it right against your eye, you're so focused on this coin that you can't see anything by. Behind or past you. And that's the same. Discouragement will do that. Another aspect is negativity. It's one of those respectable sins that is practiced amongst religious people. It's not even considered by many as even a sin, but it's a deadly sin. I don't have faith for that. I don't think I'll be able to do that. I won't get the money on time I think I will fail just negative very polite but negative negative. and we see in the book of Numbers the Israelites came to the border of the promised land and Moses chooses 12 spies to go into the promised land to spy out the land and then they return after being there for a while And they return and they give a report and 10 of those spies give a negative report and only two give a positive report the 10 say no we're not able the walls are very high the people are very large and we're not able to occupy that land and two of them joshua and caleb said we are able to do it but the people listen to the 10 and god said because of your faithlessness because of your negativity you're going to spend 40 years an entire generation in the wilderness see that's what negativity does and it's amazing how we christians focus on negativity and discouragement storms will have the possibility of producing negativity but don't don't make don't let them become negative when david arrived as a young shepherd boy at the valley of Eli, there stood the Philistines. Here stood the army of Israel. They'd been like that for 40 days. And all that was happening was this big guy with a deep voice, His name was Goliath, said, I defy the armies of Israel. <laughs> and everybody was petrified. And David said, what's going on? He said, no, no, no. See that giant? He's nine foot tall. He's the biggest man in human history. He's nine foot tall. He's too big to fight. And David looked at at the situation and said, no, 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 he's too big to miss. I'm going to go after him. You know, he had that holy moment where, going to get him. Don't allow negativity to creep into your heart. And storms make you feel trapped, make you feel trapped. The storm is too strong. It's hindering me from either side. I can't go forward. And it's nothing like being trapped, eh? Trapped in a bad marriage, trapped in a career that will go nowhere, trapped in a location that you find confining, even suffocating. There's probably no worse feeling than feeling that there's no way out, no solution, no joy, no peace, just feeling trapped. You can't live by feelings. We have to live by faith, eh? We have to live by faith. God has called us to live by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith, says the Bible. And sometimes when you feel that there's no way out, maybe the God is going is to take you through the situation rather than to pluck you out. To pull you out of that situation you remember the three young guys that were thrown into the fiery furnace shadrach meshach and Abednego. god didn't deliver them out of the fire but he delivered them through the fire daniel when he was thrown into the lion's den god didn't deliver him out but delivered him through the lion's den and sometimes the enemy will come and try to deceive you and say there's no hope there's no solution He won't change, she won't change, nothing will happen. It's a lie and we mustn't give into it. You know, there's that old song that we used to sing many years ago. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways that we cannot see. God will make a way for me. He will be my guide and he will hold me closely by my side. He will make a way. One of my favorite stories is the parting of the red sea i read that story and heard that story heard it being preached many times and then i finally got a bit of an insight into that story let's go to exodus 14 and verse 21 so the israelites had come to this border of the red sea they turned around and they saw the egyptian army coming after them oh What are we going to do, Moses? You have brought us out into the desert to die. You're an idiot. You're a stupid leader. Look at us now. We've got this big sea. And here come the Egyptians. We're going to all die here in this place. And Moses says, God, we don't have any other way. It's only you. And God performed a miracle. Listen to this. When Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind. Next word. All night. All night. They couldn't see what God was doing. They woke up in the morning and God had performed this thing. Sometimes when you're in the darkest place and experiencing the worst storm, God is performing his greatest miracle in your life. Hello. <laughs> so I want to say to you, stop discouragement, stop negativity, stop having a pity party, <laughs> stop feeling trapped, stop. You know what stop means? The traffic cop came to a stop street one day just sat there, here comes a car doesn't stop at the stop street, just slows down glides through and off he goes so the cop says, huh, he didn't stop chases after him, pulls him over, says, sir you didn't stop, he said, no I did, he said, no you didn't you slowed down, but you just drove straight through the stop street, and here is a ticket to prove it next day same cop sitting at the same stop street sees the same car coming down the road the guy slows down just glides through chases after him again sir it it stresses me that you didn't heed to my warning yesterday here's another speeding traffic ticket next day same cop same stop street same driver through chases after him says sir I'm really, really distressed at your inability to comprehend that stop, seat, stop street. And to prove it, reaches in, grabs him around the neck, pulls him out, takes out his baton, and starts beating him. He says, "Sir, do you want me to stop or to slow down?" <laughs> I'm saying to you, stop! Don't slow down! Stop! stop the negativity stop the discouragement stop feeling trapped stop the self-pity stop it amen Amen. (laughs) then jesus challenges them about their faith what is faith you know we're all going to have troublesome times nehemiah built the walls of jericho in troublesome times but he built the wall of jericho that was great Faith. Faith is believing in spite of the evidence. Obeying in spite of the consequences. The guys that are recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, as this is the great chapter of faith, these are the heroes of the faith. They weren't insignificant people. They were all risk takers. Stepping out into the unknown, relying on the Lord. One of the scariest parables in the Bible is the parable of the talents. Three servants, one with five talents, one with two talents, one with one talent. The guy with five talents doubles it, he gets ten, he comes and he presents it to the master when he gets back. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. The guy with the two talents doubles it, he gets four talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. The guy with the one talent, uh-uh, I buried it. I didn't have any faith for anything. I didn't even stick it in the bank. I buried it in the ground. Here's your one talent back. Scary. Because this is what the master said. You wicked and slothful servant. Be cast out into the darkness. Ooh. When God gives us something, we best use it. We best put our foot out in incredible faith. And then the story ends with the disciples asking this question. Who then is this person, this man? Who is this man that causes the wind and the waves and the storm to cease? Who is Jesus? Do you know him? Have you experienced his love? I read a statement the other day. It's entitled, One Solitary Life. Here was a young man, born in an obscure village, a child of a peasant woman. He worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30, and then for three years he became an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book, he never held an office, he never owned a home, he never had a family, he did none of the things that usually are associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. And while he was still a young man, the public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away, and he was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves, and when he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property that he had, namely his coat. After he had died, he was laid to rest in a borrowed tomb through the pity of a friend. But 20 centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race. He is leader of the column of Progress, all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned, all together have not affected the life of man on earth as this one solitary life. Hmm? He's God's son, He's the sinner's savior, He is the centerpiece of all civilization he's unparalleled, he's unprecedented, he's supreme, he's the loftiest idea in literature, he is the only one qualified to be our all-sufficient saviour, he can satisfy all your needs, he supplies strength to the weak, he's available to the tempted and the tired, He guards and he guides, he forgives sinners. He delivers the captives, he defends the feeble, he blesses the young, he regards the aged, he rewards the diligent, he beautifies the meek. There is no promise that is too difficult and too hard for my Lord to fulfill. There is no prayer that is too hard for him to answer. There is no problem that is too hard for him to solve. There is no heart that is too difficult for him to bend. There is no relationship that is too hard for him to restore, no sin that is too hard for him to forgive, no bondage that is too hard for him to break, there is no need that is too hard for him to meet, no mountain that is too hard for him to move. No enemy that is too big for him to defeat. There is nothing that our God cannot do. That same spirit that dwells in Jesus Christ dwells also in me. That same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you and me. Do you know him? Do you know him? Whenever you experience a storm with his presence, he'll be able to calm that storm and to bring you through. Let's pray together. Lord, today, may we realize that you have a plan and a purpose for us. It's a plan for good, not to harm, to give us a hope, to give us a future. I want to extended invitation now if you've never ever responded to jesus christ if you've never ever experienced the love of god in your life i want to invite you right now to be able to put up your hand and say yes today i want to know and experience the wonder of this love for god so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son." I want to be able to respond to that love and to experience his incredible forgiveness, the washing of all my sin, and to be able to be filled with the Spirit of God today. If you've never, ever experienced that, I want to say to you, I want to pray for you. I want to invite you to come into the family of God this morning and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. If there is anyone like that this morning, I want to be able to pray with you and just While our heads are bowed, please just stick your hand up and say, yes, today I want to respond to his goodness. Is there anybody this morning who is wanting to receive Christ for the first time today? Stick your hand up. So I take it that we're all part of the family of God, that we're all believers. So I want to continue to pray. Lord, may you fulfill your purpose in each one of our lives. As we walk in obedience, may we realize, yes, Lord, we will have setbacks. Yes, we will have trials and we will have storms that we will have to endure. But may we also realize that great trials produce great faith. And strength will be only deepened in our character, in our zeal, and in our passion for you. And Lord, I want to pray right now for those that are going through a storm. Yes, they've committed their lives to you. But I pray, Lord, if they're going through a storm, for them to come to realize just your incredible goodness and your love. If you're going through a storm, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. and I want to pray over you and for you and with you right now. If you're going through a difficult time, if you're going through a tough time, I want you to stand up right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Some of us are asking the question, Lord, Where are you? Are you able? Are you able to bring me through this this time and this difficulty? May we not become so discouraged with life and so negative and full of self-pity and feel that we are trapped in this situation. Lord, I pray that you would bless these people now, right now, as they stand in your presence. May you be the one who delivers them and brings them through, Lord, I pray jesus name lord we we realize that you are the god who is the i am you are the god of the present and you're with them right now in the midst of that storm you are our king and because of your presence lord you can calm the storm and you can bring us through so we invite you into our lives right now lord storms are never permanent and it came to pass and I pray, Lord, that just your presence in each one of their lives, I pray that they would realize without a doubt that you are the God who is with them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, God. Bless you. Just remain standing. Just remain standing. Thank you, Lord.